You're listening to The New Paris. If seven weeks in confinement has illustrated anything, it's just how much collateral damage a pandemic leaves in its wake. The fragile become more fragile. The disenfranchised are pushed down even further. But it isn't only human life that takes a hit. Animals, and in this case I'm referring primarily to domestic animals, are also heavily impacted by our radical shift in daily life. Unfortunately, that means high rates of abandonment. Though shelters were closed for the majority of confinement, France recently exempted individuals from the lockdown to rescue animals in need from shelters that are edging toward overcapacity. In normal times, France has one of the highest rates of animal abandonment in Europe. According to the SPA, between 60,000 and 100,000 pets are abandoned in France, mostly during the summer holiday months each year. As a lifelong animal lover and the parent of two adopted cats, this scenario is extremely upsetting. Somehow it feels even more cruel to imagine animals being dumped during the pandemic. The sentiment has been shared by my friend Roxanne Matisse. She's a lifestyle and design photographer living in the 17th arrondissement, whose confinement experience has radically changed in the last week. She has taken in an abandoned terrier and is prepared to do whatever she can to keep him well. I'm joined by Roxy to talk about the rescue and what happens next. Roxy, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Hi. Um, So before we talk about Rocky, and I love that you kept that name, how were you handling confinement up to this point? We've had what, like six weeks, seven, almost seven weeks? I've lost count like many others, I'm sure. Um, Well, I think, yeah, like many, a lot of people I've had my good days, my bad days. As a freelancer, a lot of my projects were postponed. Uh, Fortunately, not canceled, but postponed. Uh, But yeah, so life has been a lot of reading, watching different shows and movies, waking up very late, going to sleep as well very late. Yeah, but it's there have been some good days. Fortunately, we've had nice weather, which I know for some people is sort of a curse because we aren't allowed to go out as much. But for me, I'd rather have the sun shining in my apartment if I'm going to be confined to it. So. There were some good days, but overall it was rough. (laughs) And so, but you know, what you've got happening now represents a quite a drastic change in your everyday life. Had you considered getting a pet in Paris before? So yes, it's a huge change. I had considered getting a pet before. I, well, I have a dog back in New York where I'm from. um, That's my mom's been taking care of for the five years that I've been living in Paris. Uh, And I've been wanting to bring him to be with me here. Obviously, those plans got changed during confinement because I I was planning to bring him in the spring because I thought, you know, what better time to introduce a dog to Paris than when we can go strolling in all the parks that the city has to offer. Obviously, that's not happening. But even before that, uh, last fall, I had uh, looked at the, I actually went to visit the SPA in Jeanvilliers to ask about adopting this senior diabetic dog uh, that needed a new home. But in the end, I was told that she wasn't allowed to be adopted into a home in Paris because of her temper. Ah, okay. So she really needed to be in a home with a garden or a backyard of some kind. So yeah, so I'd considered it. And after that, I mean, I wasn't close to the possibility. I just was very much looking for a dog that wouldn't be, you know, a cute little puppy that anyone would adopt. I was sort of keeping my eyes peeled for maybe a senior dog or a disabled dog of some kind, just the kind of dogs that are generally passed up. Which is, which is, I mean, 
frankly, far more rare. I mean, my sister is a veterinarian in the U.S., so, you know, I've, I've heard stories left and right about, you know, people's tendency toward, well, first of all, buying animals versus adopting, and then, of course, everyone wants a puppy or to adopt mm-hmm. a kitten. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, what, what happens to these wonderful animals who are in different age brackets and different phases of their lives and and still need a home. So I, I it always has touched me to hear people say that they, you know, want to help the animals that on paper seem less desirable, but you know, For in sure. reality they need help. So yeah. in Paris, you you I mean, we all have friends, some of whom have animals. Obvi- obviously I have two cats, but they don't really do. go outside. <laughs> um, so they they can only be enjoyed when people come over. Do you have a network of of friends or who have pets or even in your building? Did other, you know, are there other pets that you're sort of exposed to? Sure. Um, well, yes. I mean, we have a few mutual friends, I think, that, that have, have dogs or have had dogs that I've been exposed to. And, you know, I was always, I always tried to be, you know, one of the favorite aunts that would <laughs> hang out with them. And, and I just tried to bring sort of my experience as a, as a pet owner or pet parent um, to my interactions with them. I also had a, a neighbor, I had a, an uncomfortable interaction um, a couple years ago in my building where um, a neighbor on my floor, actually, I thought that he was maybe abusing his dog. Um, And we had an uncomfortable interaction because he essentially was telling me to mind my own business when I tried to speak up, I guess, for this, for this poor animal. Um, And I had to get the police involved and eventually even tried to find out about um, calling the SPA, which is sort of the rescue, the ASPCA, I guess, for any Americans right. listening. Yeah, I just I tried to get them involved, but it, as I had no proof, I couldn't. Um, nothing could really be done, and he has since been evicted. Uh, uh-huh. So, so he's no longer here. Which I guess now that I I have Rocky, I'm I don't know how that would have gone if there had been two dogs on this floor. So. Yeah. But the, the SPA said they couldn't do anything simply because there was no proof, but otherwise exactly. they would have yeah. been able to. I, I guess they would have launched some kind of investigation of some kind, but no, they can't. I mean, if they'd just come and knocked on this man's door, there, there's nothing to, to say, really. They have no proof of anything. Um, although from what I hear, he was potentially maybe sort of a hoarder and the living conditions weren't great. So maybe they would have seen something. Um, but, you know, the police also told me that there was nothing really to be done. I mean, even though he had threatened me in, in this uncomfortable mm-hmm. situation, the police essentially said there's nothing really to do. Um, and so for a few months afterward, I actually was always paying attention to whenever he would rarely walk the dog. He also didn't take him out very frequently, but whenever he would, I would try to sort of spy from my window to see if I could see anything to, you know, record anything right. or any proof. But, but you know, fortunately he didn't actually do anything that I could see. So, you know, if, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure what happened, but. Um, well, I know that in France um, there are some pretty strict obviously rules against animal abuse and and even abandonment you know it does come with a hefty fine and and mm-hmm. potentially you know prison time um so i guess it just that's what the that's what the written law says but the sure. the rest the is, enforced law i right. think is probably another matter so let's let's have you bring us up to speed onto how rocky now is sitting in your apartment so how did you hear that there was a dog that had been abandoned and like, what were the steps? Like walk us through how that all happened. So um, 
this past Thursday night, I believe that's the 23rd of April, I received a text message from a mutual friend of ours, Meg Gagnard, a fellow AUP alum, mm-hmm. um, who received through a coworker of hers uh, a photo a, a photo of a pup that had been um, essentially abandoned in the 20th uh, arrondissement in Gambetta. And the person that had found him, I guess, belongs to a community WhatsApp group text with this coworker um, called Les Tutu de Gambetta. <laughs> uh, and they and he had found Rocky, this dog uh, tied to a tree with his, I guess, carrier, a uh, little kind of carrier slash bed, an extra leash and a note that said, je m'appelle Rocky. And that's it. And he was just yeah left in this sort of plast tied to a tree. He took him in. He unfortunately, um, his own dog was acting very territorial and wasn't getting along well with Rocky. So he really needed to find a, an immediate solution for the night. And I got this text around maybe 9 p.m. and immediately let my friend know, like, I will do whatever it takes to get this dog right now. We can't uh, let anyone else get involved. I, the person that had rescued him mentioned that he had called the police, but that he was very nervous about what the police would actually do with Rocky when they had him. Uh, we're not really sure what the procedure is. We don't know if they put them down right away, if they take them to a clinic. It's also quarantine. So there's a lot of things that are closed. I mean, a lot of vets are closed. The SPL only recently started having adoptions and it was also very late at night. So we didn't know what to do. This was in the 20th arrondissement. I live in the 17th in Batignol. And given the hour of the night and the fact that metros are, I believe, closed after 9 p.m., um, it was really difficult to coordinate. Fortunately, I have a few friends in that sort of section of Paris. I contacted a few people and another mutual friend of ours, Joanne Pai and her wonderful husband, Benoit Sanciar, who live in the 19th, uh, they wonderfully helped out for the day, for the evening and took Rocky in. And I picked him up the next Friday, the 24th of April, and we've been together ever since, basically. So what was that like, though? Because you had to then, like, you took the Metro. I remember seeing photos of you Mm -hmm. being very protected with gloves and masks and all sorts of things. Like, were you at any point nervous or were you running on, like, the need to save this dog? Well, the Thursday night when I immediately called, it was very instinctual. I just... I just went and did it. Um, And I sort of after we'd agreed on everything, I did have that wave of, oh, my God, what am I doing? Am I getting into something too quickly? But I all I mean, the part of me that said you have to do something for this dog. Otherwise, who knows what will happen to him was much stronger. So I went I just went with that. And then Friday, I mean, I've considered what transportation would be like during confinement, because I do have a friend that's injured who I've gone to in the ninth who I've gone to get groceries for. So I've had to consider that sort right. of public transportation. I've, I've walked in um, the times that I've gone to see her in the ninth. It's a, a nice 40 minute walk, but I've considered the options and I don't feel very comfortable in an Uber right now. I just feel like it's a very enclosed space. Uh, who knows what's going on exactly. And I feel like in a Metro or a bus, there aren't many people taking them. So you at least have more space and I can always choose to get off if there's, if it's ever too crowded or I feel uncomfortable. So yes, I took the, I took the, the Metro line too. It was very empty and it was very easy. It was one of the easier commutes I've ever had. Well, yeah, certainly how often are you seeing line two even close to empty? empty. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, Yeah. And it was, so it was okay. I mean, I was, I was covered. Well, 
with my own homemade mask and gloves and, uh, and yeah, had a little bit of an extra walk. I think the, I couldn't transfer metros cause the line five was closed. So, um, oh yeah, and it was, yeah, I mean, I didn't think about that as much. I mean, I knew I just had to go get him. And, and, and how did he react to you when you guys were, you know, on your own, on your way back to your neighborhood? Well, initially he was very receptive. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's been really wonderful with everyone he's met. So I wasn't surprised that he was just really like happy to meet me. Essentially. He was kind of sort of jumping on me and very warm. And I don't know, I think I'm a dog person as well. So maybe we just, he knew I was there for a good reason. Um, our walk was tricky. I mean, I think he, you know, he had essentially been, I guess, in three homes the previous day, I'm guessing his original home, then the person that rescued him, and then Joanne's home. So, you know, that's a lot of change for anyone. When we left on our own, I mean, I think he was a little bit confused, but then he was fine. He did wonderfully. He took the Metro like a pro and (laughs) it was great. So all signs point to this dog having perhaps been in a safe home before, from, you know, he, did, he there, there's nothing that would give you the impression he had been abused. No, no. But what do you know about this dog's past, if anything? Unfortunately, we no, we don't know anything. Um, I will say um, about the abuse, he cowers a little bit when sort of told no a little, like, mm. you know, with certain gestures. So I, I do hope that he wasn't abused, but um, generally he's very happy. So maybe not. But uh, no, we don't really know anything. I've just been to his first vet appointment. Uh, we needed to give him a few days to adjust to his new environment before kind of putting him in that situation. And um, even though initially the person that rescued him guessed that he was 10 years old, I don't really know how they guessed um, they guessed that, but he, the vet actually said that he's probably between three and four. Um, so he's got a long life ahead of him. Which And, and they determine that through an analyzing uh, they, your teeth? They, yeah, many ways, but yeah, the teeth, um, their eyes, I think their the skin elasticity. Um, yeah, I feel I think they're just like their general skin as well, and like the the color of the hair. But he's mm-hmm. very white, so there's not the typical, you know, in darker dogs, you can tell sort of when they're sure. they've gone gray or white. But yes, yeah, we don't really know anything about him. We only knew his name, and that's basically it. And we're even, even the vet's guessing sort of his breed. He just thinks he's a he's a big old mutt, um, <laughs> but mostly a terrier mix because he, yeah, looks like a terrier. So you, you're someone who has obviously grown up with animals. Um, obviously I know you, so I know that your mom has adopted or, or kept every cat in the world, right? Every cat ever. So this is clearly something that runs in your, you know, this is part of your personality. You, you are an animal lover. You are, you know, that's how you were raised. Um, and that's how I was raised. So I think you and I really feel uh, something visceral when we, when we learn about what happens to animals in this situation, Mm. it's a complicated issue, right? Because, and like I told you, I would, I, I said something to my sister about, um, you know, wanting to know what she thought about this spike in, you know, a desire to foster or to have animals. And I know in the US right now, there's been a 90% jump in requests to foster. Mm, And that's across the US. Um, But her her concern always is, okay, well, people think they have all this, you know, all this time, they're at home. So they get an animal. And then what happens when 
conceivably people go back to work or what happens if they do lose their jobs and their finances run out. You know, all of the usual excuses people make for abandoning animals. And we know, obviously, as I mentioned in the introduction, that France has a very high rate of, of animal abandonment. You know, those are those things need to be considered before getting an animal. And it seems like you knew that you were capable of giving Rocky a good home. So, you know, how do you, I don't know, what what, what would you say to people who are, are thinking like, you know, maybe this is the best time for me to adopt or, or start fostering? Okay. Well, I feel like there's a few things that I want to answer actually from that. <laughs> Firstly, I do want to address that I didn't actually grow up around animals because uh, I my mother didn't think that she was a pet person and I wasn't allowed to have a dog growing up. It wasn't until after college oh. that I pursued adopting a dog uh, through petfinder.com for any Americans listening. It's a great resource for uh, smaller rescue organizations and the pup that we rescued my baby Ollie is what changed my mother. And now she's a huge animal advocate. And uh, yeah, now it's we've taken in another dog and she's taken in all these cats, as I so often tell you, Lindsay. Um, we've just taken in another one. So there are now six cats in my, oh my gosh at home. But uh, yeah, so I didn't grow up with it. So the point is with that, that, you know, even if you think you're not an animal lover, you might one day be, um, <laughs> you never know. And the other thing is that I think the, you know, the increase in um, fostering, I mean, that's a great thing. I think fostering is very different to adopting. I think it's wonderful if during this time, instead of pets remaining in kennels or shelters that are, you know, not the, not the greatest, I volunteered for a while at Animal Haven, a really big, great shelter in New York City. You know, even that shelter, which is just so reputable and has a lot going for it. I mean, it's still not the best environment for a dog. Like you'd want, they want love. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they want a human's affection. So it's great if people want to foster dogs, um, to give them a temporary home until they find their permanent one. Adoption, on the other hand, is obviously very serious and it's, it shouldn't be taken lightly. You just, I mean, you need to consider the financial aspects of uh, becoming a parent to a dog. There's obviously veterinary care, um, even just the basics, you know, you need to get them in for a checkup, get them vaccinated, ideally get them spayed or neutered. And then, you know, there's still, you know, yearly checkups and that's, you know, you never know if they get some kind of other illness, just anything with their age mm -hmm. or an accident, things can happen. So you need to consider the financial aspect of that and whether or not a dog will fit into your lifestyle. Obviously, everyone's at home right now with a lot of time on their hands and a lot of love to give. But if you're someone who, once this pandemic is over, hopefully soon, but maybe we don't know how long this is going to be, but once this is over, you do need to consider the life that you lead. And if, if you are someone that's, you know, that works a lot of hours and then after work, you know, has to go to a happy hour or has to go to a dinner, you're not going to be home and you need to take care of, you know, this dog that loves you and also, but also needs to be walked by you. It needs to be fed and needs to be, you know, Cared mentally for. and physically stimulated. Of right, course, right. Like it's still, it's not just decoration. So you need to do, you need to make sure that, you know, the, whoever you adopt fits into your lifestyle and ideally maybe also make some compromises. You know, I'm someone that travels a lot now that I have Rocky I'm going to like think twice about the trip sure. that I take um, and whether or not, you know, how, how he's cared for. I'm not going to dump him in some kennel to be taken care of, but you know, with 20 dogs at the same time, if I can get a close friend that he trusts to take care of him, that'll be 
that'll be what I do. But also, you know, I like to go to London a lot. Dogs aren't allowed on the Eurostar, so I probably will go less frequently. Less. Well, because the good the good thing, I mean, not that this is a, you know, a long-term good thing, but mm. in 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 the context of our discussion, the good thing is that I don't think any of us are going to be traveling much in the immediate future then, yeah. anyway. So, you know, you're going to have a lot of adjustment time, you know, mm. in you know, just being able to adapt to your new everyday life with him. Um and certainly I do think, you know, people th- have good intentions and, and, and want to, um, you know, maybe, maybe think they're more capable of adjusting their lives than they actually are. But in that case, Mm -hmm. you know, there are other ways to handle giving up an animal versus abandoning them or, you know, and, and, you know, makes you kind of wonder what happened to Rocky's owners. Was this like, what, what's the story? And we don't know. Um, but uh, you, there, I'm sure there are other animals in this situation that have, you know, become uh, collateral. For and, sure, yeah. You know, and people yeah. who have who have gotten ill and actually passed away from the virus, you know, these animals are also being rescued and need homes. So it's 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 a strange time for, for sure, yeah. humans and animals. Yeah, um, yeah. What would you recommend if people who are living in France or in Paris specifically would? are open to rescuing, fostering, or looking for, you know, long-term adoption, what do you recommend? Where should they look? I mean, I know where I found my my uh, cats. Um, that was also through a rescue association, but it was near Sceaux. Um, and that was through a friend who had posted about these kittens and because the mother was in their garden, in her garden, and so yeah. the cats were born, yeah. you know, n- in her neighborhood, essentially. And so it was the local organization that found the foster family for our guys. But um, like, what do you recommend? Um, Well, I would say definitely. Well, firstly, if anyone knows of anyone that maybe, you know, has passed away or something has happened where someone can no longer take care of their own dog, obviously, they're not in the position anymore to, you know, find a suitable home for their dog. But of course, anyone else that's involved should never abandon a stranger's dog. Don't leave it on the street. Don't leave it tied to a post. Don't drive it out to, you know, the forest. I know that Unfortunately, the French do this a lot during the summer vacations that, you know, everyone always praises these five week or longer vacations. But unfortunately, that also means that a lot of pets are abandoned during this time. That's obviously not the ideal solution. There are organizations in place to help. There's obviously the SPA. Mm -hmm. The closest one to Paris is Jean Villiers, which is in the northwest outside of Paris. But you can get there with public transportation. Um, you can go visit. When I went, there were a lot of people, there were a lot of families, which is really heartwarming to see people actually considering adoption this way. There's Their website is constantly updated. So you can always look to see if an animal sort of suits your needs. They give a description of the type of home that would be ideal for it. Uh, if a dog has been there for a while, there's usually not even an adoption fee. So hmm. it's definitely a great resource. There's also um, the organization 30 Million d'Amis, 30 million of friends. our friends, yeah, or friends, um, which uh, also I believe on their website have a directory of animals, yes, up for adoption, and they also are very much at the forefront of this of the abandonment issue, yeah, um, that happens in France every every year, and um, and you can also I think ask probably your local vet. There's there's a lot of veterinary clinics around. Some people post. I recently passed one that's closed right now during confinement, but I saw um, listings for sort of a 
cats, little kittens that were being, I guess, maybe in the neighborhood. This isn't, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not an adoption situation, you know, it's not a rescue situation, but maybe there's someone in the neighborhood that accidentally had their cats breed and now they right. have to find homes for little kittens or puppies. Um, so there is that way as well. Um, a friend of mine actually sort of found a, cat, a kitten recently sort of through this way that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, I mean, I would say just, yeah, look online. There's definitely resources and the SPI is all over France. So it doesn't, yes. it's not obviously just if you're in Paris, if you're, and, and actually it's even the, better if you're not in Paris, to be honest, there's more. There's yeah. And they list refuge, uh, refuge. Well, sorry, what we call shelters, but a refuge, yes. um, you know, based on your, what you know, is, your location. Yeah. So, um, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a great resource. And, what do you think your next steps are going to be with Rocky? You just came from your first vet appointment. Like what's we did. Well, life is very different. Um, <laughs> now we're, we're, go- we're going to sleep at a reasonable hour and waking up very early, taking a lot of walks every day. Recently just walked by this new dog park that there's going to be installed in Square de Batignol, a beautiful garden for anyone in the 17th ever. Uh, so we're making, we're already thinking about our future plans and I'm trying to see how we're going to, uh, he he has a lot of energy, so I have to figure out ways to kind of tire him out because I do still need to work and kind of have a life. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, our future is, you know, he'll have his vaccinations, he'll be neutered somewhat soon. And and then we're just going to roam around Paris. Get he'll to be, know each other. Yes, fortunately, you know, coming from New York, which is a great city, but is not very dog friendly. Paris is really actually great for dogs. The only place you can't really take them in is a supermarket. So he's going to be with me kind of every day, all day. So if I ever have to get a coffee date with someone or go picnic, fortunately, hopefully we'll have a bit of a picnic season um, this year. (laughs) Who knows? But um, if we do, yeah, he'll be with me all the time. And so this is an exciting, this is an exciting, I don't know, transition for 2020 then. It is, it is, it is. But, and you've done yeah, a most wonderful thing. Oh, thank you. I mean, I just feel like it's what, it's the least, I don't know, that we can do in a way. I mean, I think if you're, if you're responsible, if you have the finances to actually help out a little bit, I mean, why not? You know, it's a companion and you're helping save a life. And I mean, I just, I don't see any drawbacks really. And I don't know, I just, I have a lot of sympathy for dogs. They're sort of helpless little creatures that all, all they want to do is give us love and humans domesticated dogs. We need to sort of take responsibility for them and cats as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, even though I'm very much a dog person, thanks to my mother, I've become a cat person and I think cats make great pets. So if you do actually want to adopt a pet and you think dogs might be way too much work, consider a cat. I don't know what you think about this, Lindsay, but no, I think. So I, everyone knows me as a cat person now, except mm-hmm. that I grew up with dogs exclusively right. and mm-hmm. big dogs. But I used to feed my neighbor's cats when they would go away every weekend. Oh. And so that's, that was like my first introduction to cats. And then here it was simply not possible to have, you know, when I moved 14 years ago, like there was sure. no, we were in a, a studio dogs, yeah. a dog was not possible. And so we got a cat, adopted a cat. Similarly to you, we don't actually, we still don't know how old she actually was when we got her. Um, They thought maybe she was about a year and a half, two years old, but it could have, you know, really could have been older. Um, And, you know, had 10 amazing years with her. And then she got very, very sick and we, you know, did everything we could for her. And then um, five months after that, after she passed away, we, I wasn't, 
you know, sort of anticipating it, but I found these guys, our, our, our boys, they're brothers from the same litter. Um, and we adopted them. And so again, I, I didn't start off as a cat lover and my husband even less so. And honestly, they're like, <laughs> and they're very they're much wonderful. like, they're amazing. <laughs> and they're very much like dogs. If you treat yeah. them, if you don't treat them mm-hmm. like, these, you know, very solitary creatures, I mean, mm-hmm. they come looking for attention constantly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's really about how you raise yeah. them and how you interact with them. Although similar, well, a point regarding that, I don't know what you think about this, but you know, obviously everyone wants a puppy or a kitten, but a positive that I see to actually adopting an older cat or dog is that they kind of have their personality form. So with cats, you kind of know what you're getting because I don't, I mean, I don't know, but the kittens that, you know, my mom raised when this, she took in this pregnant cat who gave birth to 11 kittens, they were a lot to handle and they all changed a lot in a very short amount of time. And now they, you know, they've sort of mellowed out or some are very hyper. I just think you don't know what they're going to turn out to be like. No, that's true. You have an adult cat, you kind of know if he's more independent or a little bit more affection or more willing to accept your affection. Yeah. So, you know, it's worth considering. I don't know. I don't, people are so obsessed with kittens and puppies. And it's such a short amount of time. No, for sure. And we didn't actually choose kittens because we were hell bent on kittens. It was just because, you know, it happened that way. It happened that way. And a friend said that they were looking for a home for these kittens. Mm. That's sort of Of different. But all of that to say, you know, I think there are a lot of misconceptions about cats, which are overplayed in in major media as well. But, you know, whatever. That's for (laughs) another episode. Um, but honestly, I used to think they were vicious, so I understand. Right. I was very anti-cat until about a year ago. So there you go. Now they're they're cuddly and soft and independent sometimes. So I and think wonderful. they're great and wonderful. Yeah. So from one animal advocate lover, you know, crazy person to another, thank you for what you you did, and hopefully any of our listeners who are considering it or are looking for resources will now have a little bit more information. Course. And anyone can reach out. I, I mean, will this yes, is obviously I will. not this is obviously not my job or <laughs> anything that I'm an expert in. I just care about animals a lot. But of course, if anyone's ever considering it or I if they want any information, they can obviously reach out to me. I do sometimes I mean I respond to sort of, you know, DMs on Instagram, especially when they're about something like this. I also have a bit of a network of people that rescue animals. I know someone in Croatia and London. Okay. So that as well as obviously my mom in the New York city area. So if anyone is in those cities and is ever, you know, looking Looking. for more, more cats than dogs, but you know, there's, um, there's always so many wonderful animals that need homes. And you are a wealth of information. I will make sure <laughs> I will make sure your Instagram account is listed in the show notes so people can easily yeah. find you and reach out. Yeah, of course. And of course. Roxy, good luck on this journey with Rocky. Thank you. I can't wait for you to meet him. I can't wait to meet him very yeah. soon. <laughs> you will. Hopefully, hopefully we'll all be out soon and we can all start um interacting outside and then Rocky can meet everyone because he loves everyone. He's I like very, that. very, very friendly. So, so hopefully from- I'd love for everyone to know him and to for him to just greet and people. to give, be this and to little give him attention, to give him love and attention. <laughs> well, yeah. here's here's to picnics outside and coffees on terraces with Roxy and Rocky. Rocky. 
the dynamic duo as your previous <laughs> podcast guest and the dynamic duo so until next time anybody who wants to catch up on previous episodes of the new paris podcast can do so wherever you stream your shows until next time a bientôt